Welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo, a place where you're going to find inspiration, wisdom, and healing. A podcast for men. Hello there. Welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo. It is great to be here tonight. I hope you are doing fine and enjoying your week. So this tonight is an updated version of what our attachment style is in relationships. I did this topic a long while back and from time to time I'll go back and re-record just to freshen it up to add new you know information or, or research that I've come across. So that's kind of what I do to some of my older content and that is why we're here. So so tonight we're just going to get right into it and we're going to talk about, you know, because we all have our own personal relationship style, right? So we're going to talk about what an attachment style is, the four kinds of attachment styles, how to detect your own, as well as how to challenge any unhealthy attachment beliefs that you might have. And you know, kind of how to rebuild a new one. This may be something that you may or may not be aware of that could be really having a big impact on your relationships. So this is why I think it's very important to understand what your style is. And it really does explain a lot about why we are the way we are in our relationships. And it, this just becomes the way that we connect with others and not just lovers, but also with our friends, right? So first and foremost, an attachment style basically relates to the manner in which we connect to other people. Now in previous podcasts, and I I know I repeat myself sometimes, but I explained that from the time that we're infants, right? We learn how to behave in our interactions with other people. The way that we build attachments is something that we carry with us into adulthood. So it's something that we learn from our parents or, you know, maybe it's a primary caregiver while we're infants and babies. So once that is established, this is the type of style that stays with us throughout our adult life. Attachment is defined as lasting psychological connectivity between human beings. Okay, so these attachments are formed through certain attachment behaviors or transactions and a continuing process of seeking and maintaining a certain level of proximity to another specific person. We all attach differently to our caregivers due to their responsiveness and their sensitivity. Okay. So because of this responsiveness and sensitivity of our caregivers, each of us has developed our own unique bond with them. Okay. In 1958, it was a British psychologist named John Bowlby, and he came up with this theory of attachment. And before we get into these four attachments, 
I just want to address some of the issues that he raises. The age of zero, you know, basically when we're just born to two is an extremely critical time when we're being cared for, right? And he mentions that if in that time frame there might be any kind of break or disruption, this can have a long-term effect on the child. And as infants, we have this innate need to create a bond, you know? And when this doesn't take place, a child can grow to become an affectionless psychopath, actually. If you think about it, the, the child has no safety anchor, right? And, and it leads them to having to feel like they have to fend for themselves because no one's truly bonded to them. And this can also lead to emotional difficulties, you know, as you can imagine, uh, social issues and even mental issues. So they have to move through, you know, these early childhood years thinking that this is a normal way for a child to live because they don't know any other way. And if they haven't learned what affection is, obviously, how do they know how to give it, right? So they usually grow to not knowing how to care for others. And when this happens, they're at higher risk for aggression, for depression, for those relationships that lack affection and a lot of delinquency issues. There's a drop in, uh, intellectual levels. These kids are more likely to, to live in a survival mode than in a safe environment. So they're constantly in that, you know, we've talked about that before. Well, maybe in the later episodes, just how we're constantly on alert, right? When a child's away from its, we'll call it the attachment figure, the child can become extremely anxious. So there's a process that takes place. It happens in, in three stages. So the first step is when a child is extremely distressed, it's going to cry and scream, you know, it's angry and pissed off. The second stage is despair. So a child who's withdrawn, who seems calm, but really what's taking place is they're internalizing the separation. There's a lot going on. This is why it's very important. There's a lot that goes on in children that they don't show us. Okay. And the third stage is detachment. So what they're going to do is they're going to go back to doing whatever they were doing, but they're going to show anger to the caregiver when they return. So as you can see, based on, you know, our attachment relationships, we ended up making an internal model from when we were little. And then this model becomes a habit in our subconscious mind. This is why it's so fascinating. The depth of information that lies dormant in there. <laughs> 
<laughs> but comes out in our behaviors is mind blowing. So we're going to talk about what these four attachment styles are. The first one is a secure attachment. The second one is anxious avoidant. The third is fearful avoidant. And the fourth one is dismissive avoidant. So now I just want to explain to you a little bit about, you know, what these actually mean. Now, people with the secure attachment styles, these are usually people who are empathetic, those who have established appropriate boundaries, and they really have a tendency to feel comfortable. They feel stable and more happy in their intimate relationships, right? These are the type of people that don't have any problem with being alone, you know, but they do perform best in the relationships that are more deep and significant. They don't do well in shallow relationships. Now, people who are more anxious, that anxious avoidant, these are those who are afraid of being alone. Just the thought of them being alone causes them to experience significant levels of stress, <laughs> right? They have a negative self-image, but a positive perspective of others. But they still might have a bleak outlook on the future. You know, there's a lot of approval that needs to be had. And I think in order for them to get the attention and the comfort that they feel they need from their spouse, they're more of the type to play games and to manipulate them. They might refuse to answer messages or phone calls. So there's a lot of jealousy and envy of other people's attention. Often there's a, also a, a significant fear of being left behind. So this is why they act the way that they do. And a lot of times they have no idea. This is why the subconscious is so amazing. You know, this group, they place a great importance on relationships, yet many of them may worry that their loved ones aren't putting in as much effort as they are. Research shows that about 19% of the population have anxious avoidant attachment style. Now the next one is fear avoidant. Okay, we kind of you can see what this is all about. Fear, this is the one usually plagued by internal conflict. They desire the benefits of a close relationship, but they fear being vulnerable. They fear committing. Okay, so they really have trouble trusting. They have trouble depending on others. This is the type that might shower you with love and affection one day and then the next day they're cold as ice. <laughs> okay? They see things with a more pessimistic lens and they basically usually have very little to no boundaries. This type of person 
this style. They really avoid strong emotional attachments due to that fear of getting hurt. Now the next one is the dismissive avoidant. Now, these are those who are independent, strong, cold, aloof, and they often question commitment, right? And tell others that they don't need a relationship. But the dismissive is um, typically someone who really buries themselves in work or hobbies, right? And this type of style, though, the dismissive is more prominent in males than females. They just avoid emotional closeness and they tend to hide or suppress feelings because they've learned at that earlier, in the earlier years, you know, that the best way to get their needs met is to act like they don't have any. So they'll act like they don't need anything from anybody, right? And they rarely have many memories of their childhood or they might act like their childhood memories don't matter. They just avoid seeking closeness. The dismissive type, they usually have a very high self-esteem. They have a positive view of themselves, okay? And these are the types that they'll go hang out at social gatherings, but they'll leave their partner behind, like they'll go without them. This usually is the type that have narcissistic behaviors because they have less empathy because they can't put themselves in other people's shoes. Despite the fact that this secure attachment is in the minority, I do feel that this is starting to shift. A lot of people are starting to wake up to become more attentive and alert of what's going on in their world. Okay. So is there anything that we can do to improve how we attach to others? I think it's important to identify your interpersonal patterns, right? Reflecting on your childhood relationships that you had with your parents or your caregivers, you know, as a child, how were they? How did you respond to these caregivers? Who did you turn to when you needed comfort? Were they reliable and dependable? Were they there for you? And this really alone helps you to understand your attachment style. And there are tests you can take online as well. If you just Google attachment style, I think there's a test. The second is just rebuilding that self-confidence, right? Insecure attachment patterns are obviously because of low self-esteem. So really build yourself up in, in that area. The third is really connecting with what you really need and want. You know, all insecure attachment types, these are people who develop very insecure relationships out of the concern that that it's not going to work, it's not going to succeed, that it's going to fail. So it's really crucial to improve your relationship security. And part of it is 
If you're going into a relationship and you don't even know your own wants and needs, most likely that may be kind of a disaster if you think about it. It's really important to know your wants and needs before getting into a relationship. And then the fourth is always consider therapy. It's very helpful or finding someone who specializes in this type of stuff. And that's what I do here as well. Understanding the importance of awareness, right? This is the core element that I communicate here on this podcast. But in order to do that, in order to have awareness, we really have to be open and honest with ourselves if we really want to build security within ourselves because we're not going to really have a healthy relationship at all if we cannot find commitment, security, and confidence within ourselves, right? So it's important to stay away from flighty relationships, tox- toxic relationships, you know, investigate your own thoughts, ask yourself questions. If you're in a relationship, why are you there? Is the relationship causing you an emotional roller coaster? And if it is, is it you or is it the other person or is it both? Can it be repaired? And why were you attracted to one another in the first place, despite the different attachment styles? And having that honest conversation about what you truly want out of the relationship and remembering why you fell in love to begin with that will help bring balance between you. Again, the best course of action is to really commit on working on these issues. As a team, if you're single, that's great too. But if you're in a relationship and you're committed, you know, providing support for one another through this process would be amazing. It will create a level of trust, new trust with one another, right? There is no perfect love. There is no perfect spouse. It doesn't, you know, exist in this world. And, you know, I I just, I hope for all of you that you can find what you need within yourself because when you have the um, belief in your ability to grow in love instead of maybe doubting it or dismissing it, you're more likely to end up in a healthy relationship. It's just about recognizing the patterns and making those changes. And when you do, if you are with someone, that's fine. But if you're single and you're kind of still out there, and you meet somebody, pay attention to how you're attaching to one another. You know, a lot of the avoidant and the anxious types will seek out the secure attachers and they'll get into those relationships. And in doing that, they find security within themselves. Right? So that's, something that happens as well. All right, listen, I'm going to wrap this up. 
I hope that this was helpful. If it was, please feel free to share it or if you want to leave me a, a review or rate my podcast, that would be really great too. But that's up to you. I just appreciate you listening and I look forward to having you come back again soon. Take care.